Hey there, Sims and Suffers family. All right, guys. So if you are a member of the sticker club of the month, what is that? That means I mail you beautiful stickers every month of our guests and myself. And also you guys are in the drawing every month for a raffle. It's been a little while since we've done one, but we're going to catch up real quickly. This month's winner is Stephen Young from Pennsylvania. Buddy, you won. I'll be reaching out to you shortly and be mailing you some goodies from one of our sponsors, Organic Tension and Beyond Clothing. Once again, congratulations, Stephen. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. And if you're not a member of the Sticker Club, it's super easy to join. Go to sensandsuffers.com, five bucks a month. It's like buying me a beer. And you get to support a great podcast, get some cool stuff in the mail, and get a chance to win some cool swag. Thank you once again. Please like and subscribe if you aren't already doing. Share this podcast. And all right, let's get into this episode. From the top. From Alpha to Omega, VHS to Beta, PlayStation to Sega, my skill is still greater. The sickest thing since BD, wicked like VG, live my life crooked like the left finger on ET. Please believe me, this be the realest thing I ever wrote. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Sons and Suffers Podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley, and I am happy to be bringing this episode to you. I miss you guys. I know I've been a little MIA, but your boy's back, and here we go. I want to give two shout-outs to Beyond Clothing, my sponsors that have been sponsoring me since the very beginning of me venturing out to become me. And I cannot tell you... Every adventure, every trip, their gear has kept me warm, comfortable, and allowed me to succeed at everything I've ever wanted to do outdoors. Beyond Clothing, check them out online, beyondclothing.com. Use the promo code ALWAYSREADY, support this podcast, and prep yourself for your next trip. I mean, do yourself a favor. You spent all that money on rope, harnesses, shoes. You might as well check out that stuff that needs to go on your back. Next, in order to know where to go, we want to thank Jim Clymer for being our sponsor. Jim Clymer, affiliated with Climbing Magazine and every other magazine that you can imagine. They're going to give you all the tips and tricks you need to train and to send, whether you're climbing indoors or outdoors. It's got all the stuff you need because honestly, I didn't really discover crags on the internet when I started. We read magazines. We read all these other things out there. Jim Clymer, Rock and Ice, Alpinist climbing zine, all these things. This is how we got the beta. So don't miss out on that secret stash. Check them out. All right. So now to get into the episode. Today we have Chaz, good buddy of mine, been a van lifer for a minute. And we are going to demystify van life. And we're going to talk about the sweet and salty of it all. And really, this is going to be just two dudes really nerding out. So if you're thinking about building a van, this is probably one of the best episodes for you. It's going to be us just talking shop, me selfishly asking questions and kind of going from there. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you on the flip side. Chaz, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, if you can tell people who you are, where you're from, and what is your connection to the outdoors? 
Yeah, my name is Chaz Ayub. I, um, I'm from Dallas. Um, I've lived here about 20 years and, um, I live in a van and, um, I really enjoy the rock climbing when I can. And, uh, I build vans for a living full time for Sportsmobile and my company, Tiny Nomad Conversions. <clears throat> Very nice. And, um, you and I met what, like probably about three or maybe almost four years ago. It's been a while, man. I started climbing at Summit uh, Carrollton. Yep. Um, and I really just got, I really started doing that just so I could meet people. And uh, it, honestly, if it wasn't for ClimbFit, I probably would not be into climbing or even on the path that I am now to be honest with you. <laughs> That's funny. I, I never realized that. I mean, I knew you dig, I digged it and you were always probably one of the most consistent and consolid, sorry, consistent. You were always one of the most consistent and solid people that we had. And, but I didn't know, I didn't really understand like it meant that to you. Why do you say that? Um, cause, um, prior to that, I had just gotten out of a divorce and, um, I was really looking for my path to what I was doing in life and where I was going to go. And, um, I wanted to meet new people and try new things. And rock climbing was one of them. And I didn't want to join a gym that didn't have some kind of program where I could learn how to rock climb, meet people, go outside and climb that kind of stuff. That makes sense. So yeah, yeah that's kind of where that, that makes whole sense. started. Actually, you know, I kind of remember that conversation a little bit. <clears throat> um, you talking about like how that was important to you. Like you wanted to connect with people. And that's funny. I think we actually had that conversation yeah. upstairs in Carrollton or in Dallas. I just remember the horse mats being underneath our feet. <laughs> yeah. That conversation. That's awesome. I miss that gym a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Carrollton. A lot of nostalgia there. <laughs> yeah. Old school exposure. Now Summit Carrollton is long gone. Yeah. 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 Uh, whoever knew gale force winds could rip a uh, roof off and <laughs> send, what is it? AC units down crashing through. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. Wind shear is a real geo. Wow. Yeah. So, um, wow. So then, so we did climb fit. You and I had a chance to train you, you climbed, you progressed pretty quickly. Um, and then, um, you were currently now, I guess, when did you, you know, kind of just diving into this, like, when did you make the decision? When was the decision to move into a van? Because I know how long have you been in your van? I guess it's, about it's been about, I started building it about two years ago. Um, and three months after I started building it, I put a bed in there and I started sleeping in it and pretty much living in it. Um, so it's been about two years. And before that, I would say it's probably about three months before I actually started building it when I actually made the decision to do it. I, um, I was living in an apartment at the time and uh, rent was about to be raised and, you know, there was no sight of income being raised whatsoever. So I was like, well, how can I spend less money? And um, from there on, I uh, 
started researching vans, researching how to build them out. And at the time I was working at Ikea selling kitchen cabinetry and um, there were people coming in looking for cabinets for their vans and I started picking people's brains and I'm like, okay, so, so what does it take to really build one of these things out? And uh, from there I started planning my own van and um, next thing I knew it was happening. I sold everything I owned in my apartment and moved into the van. <laughs> I remember you, you talking about living in the van and you were telling me like uh, the game changer for you was, uh, and I know this is for everyone. Everyone is different. Um, cause I know some people who live in hammocks in their vans and they're like, until I had that, it was great. Or until I had this for a few, it was your refrigerator. <laughs> I'll never forget. Yeah. That. As soon as the fridge got in there, it, it felt livable cause I could store food. I could store drinks in there. And that's when it really became started to become more of a livable space. Okay. That's right. And then have you had a chance to, I guess between that, that time and moving in and all that, did you have a chance to chase any of your climbing aspirations? And actually that's probably a better question to back up. Do you have any climbing aspirations that you've been trying to reach after? I do. Um, but lately my forearms been giving me hella trouble because I'm constantly drilling things constantly using my right forearm for things at work and it's just overuse. Uh, yeah. So like I haven't been able to train the way I want. I have been keeping up with the training schedule, but it hasn't been climbing related just because of my forearm. Makes sense. So once I get that situated and I, I'm not in pain anymore, I'm, I'm, I do want to continue climbing and getting back into it. We'll see what happened now is like with COVID and everything, I feel like everybody's left the gym or moved away or something. So all the people I used to climb with, like, are pretty much not here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, a lot of people, I think a lot of people kicked out and also a lot of people's jobs allowed them to move remote because I right. know so many people now they don't have to go back to work. They really like, that's not a thing that they have to be concerned about. Yeah. And so they're like, well, if I don't have to go to work, why am I going to stay in this concrete jungle? Right. So, and if you remember prior, like right before COVID, I was paying you for, for training sessions. Oh yeah. Yo, dude, I forgot. <laughs> and yeah, that was, and then, I was getting after it and COVID hits van life started taking taken shape like real quick because everybody was wanting to build out a van. I had a girl in Oklahoma wanted me to help her build out her van. And that's really, if it wasn't for that, I, I, this whole business wouldn't have started. You know, it's so funny you say that because I've been thinking, um, have you ever seen the movie, the big short? Uh, I feel like I have, but like, I probably don't remember it. Okay, so the premise is, is it's about people shorting the market. Like, you know, that whole thing with GameStop and all that. Other mm -hmm. stuff. So the premise is you short the market. And I've always wondered who makes money during these things. Like, right. You know? And so during COVID I was like, okay, well obviously trash companies are making more money than God. <laughs> right. You know? And then alcohol sales were through the roof. Yep. Uh, grocery stores couldn't keep wine and basic things on the shelf. Like right. it was just impossible. Um, and then there's all these little niche markets, uh, online courses obviously did well. Um, but I was, but I've really been curious. And if anybody listening to this out there has like, 
you know, if anybody is an economics major or something like that, and you have this like really tedious broken down graph, I want to nerd out with you because <laughs> I really want to just like know like what really like industries and within those industries, what sub, sub, sub industries have really done well right. and understand these trends. But I foresaw like your business just skyrocketing. Yeah, it's it's really kind of crazy. Um, so I work for Sportsmobile in Austin and um, <clears throat> we've been, th- there has been no halt in van sales. In fact, it's it's only gone through the roof and our, our wait time, our lead time over there is two years for a van. What was it before COVID? <clears throat> I think it was about a year, but now it's, we've just gotten so busy that we we're we're pushing out vans we're pushing out at least six vans a month that seems okay i understand this is a custom build thing but and correct me correct my ignorance for this but that seems slow to me really like i figured but i guess this is not like a massive factory or massive assembly. so we have about 30 people working on vans in there How and that's actually a construction floor uh, uh so, uh, probably maybe 300, 3000 square feet, maybe. Oh, that's not as big. It's as not I huge. I thought it would be bigger. So in, in our facility, we fit about eight vans in there at a time. And then we have our showroom where the finished vans go. Mm-hmm. So, and then we have around the whole perimeter, you'll see all the vans waiting to be built. Oh yeah. Okay. And then we have our stock vans as well, which you'll see out in the front of the office. So how we have a lot of vans on site. How often do people just buy the stock ones and go? I don't know because I don't really see the sales. Um, but I do see some of the same vans sitting there for some time, but it, <laughs> I've seen them switched out all the time too. Cause every time we work on a stock van, we're replacing one that was on the, on the lot. Uh, so, okay. That makes sense. So yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't get to see it, but, um, we just finished two of them. So we just put two new ones out and we're talking big old, Mercedes Benz dualies, like the longest, the longest wheelbase you can get. <laughs> Are you guys doing the, uh, the Mercedes four wheel drive ones? Too? Oh yeah. Four by fours. Yep. Oh, those mama jamas. Those are like what? $90,000, $80,000 vans. Yeah. Like, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then bare bones. And then you put a build inside of that. You're paying almost 200 grand for a build. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's funny. Hey mom, am I gonna? Uh, hey mom, I just want to let you know I made a big purchase. I'm an adult. <laughs> oh, honey, what did you do? I spent two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, I can't wait to see your home. Oh, I'll bring it to you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty accurate. <laughs> no, I would say so. What I do and what Sportsmobile does are two entirely different things. Uh, Sportsmobile is usually they're geared towards retired people, people with a lot of money and people who want to, you know, get out on the road after they've been working their whole life. Whereas me, I'm working with people who are about my age. I'm 36 and even in their twenties who are wanting to do the same thing, but they want to skip the whole retirement part (laughs) Yeah, and they're just going straight to van life, which, um, and I'm also working with people who are more on a budget. Um, they don't have, you know, the hundred to $200,000 to spend on a van. <laughs> so you're looking at like 50, 70 K with the builds that I do. What is the most expensive build that is ever, that you personally, or you've seen 
what is the most expensive build that you have done and that you have worked on with Sports Mobile? Um, so I don't know the exact cost of everything, Ballpark. but probably around one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand, and that's a Mercedes Sprinter four by four, full shower, full kitchen, big ass fridge, solar, all that stuff. Okay, it's not as I I was wondering if you'd get all the way up into like you know a little bit above a quarter of a mil but um i have seen vans like that um and i want to say they're usually like an econo line that's not in production anymore four by four because that has to be converted so you're spending more money on that then you're paying you know wait wait a minute what do you mean it has to be converted i thought you're converting the vans to begin with so it has to be converted to four by four so a, a lot of those vans don't come four by four so People want them four by four. Um, now we don't do the Econo lines a whole lot anymore. Um, Is there a reason why? Just because it takes a lot of time, and they're not. You're not going to see them as often because they just don't make them anymore. Oh, okay. So the ones you see, you're going to have 150 thousand miles on them. Already, they're pretty old. Yeah, that makes so. Sense. Um, but yeah. Um, and then your the projects that you've worked on, like ballpark, like biggest ticket um so far about fifty thousand um and that's and that's usually because like you're not gonna see the average person putting all the roof racks and the boxes on the back and the extra wheel carriers and like all the extra stuff that you see on these extravagant builds I mean, the average person isn't throwing that stuff on a van mm-hmm. because it's just not practical and it adds a lot more cost adds a lot more weight so the, they're usually sticking in the $50,000 ranges, what sense. I would say. So what does the average person spend on the actual van? Can I imagine most of your clients are buying used vehicles? Yeah. So used vehicles, I mean, I would say t- between twenty five and 35000 That's actually not bad. And so. that's like transits, ProMasters, um, maybe an older Sprinter. So we're talking somewhere between, for the actual build out, we're talking somewhere between 20 to 15 grand. Yes. So, and yes. That's, that's, and that's just materials. And then well, that's not labor. And then you'll include labor on top of that, which could be 10, 15, 20, depending on how much work it needs to be done. Oh, wow. Now, do you do the work with your clients or do you do it all by yourself? I do it with my clients typically. Okay. And that's kind of how, so like, it's really geared towards people who, you know, they want to build their own van, but they don't have the know-how or expertise and that's scary. Yeah. And I'm, and I can, I'll do, I do most of the work, but they're there to help as well and learn about how their van is put together. No, that's fair. I mean, you've seen my crappy little thing. I actually haven't seen your van. You haven't seen Galaxia? No, I haven't seen Galaxia. I've seen the outside of it. You'll have to go into Galaxia. I (laughs) built Galaxia out on myself. And the only thing that stopped me from building Galaxia out was the engine, the number four, number six cylinder um, started going out. And I didn't even realize that it already had a helo coil in it. Mm -hmm. And so that blew. And it's just the engine can't keep compression. And I was just like, okay, I'm not going to finish building this thing out. And everyone's just like, why don't you drop a new engine in it? And like, <laughs> I, I think you can understand this, but I want a van that I can stand up in. Right. I have to be. Able and to that's stand. what most people want these days. And then like, well, and that's another thing is like, that's another thing that makes some of these sports mobiles so expensive is that we put these, um, uh, pop tops on them so that 
you can sleep up top. That's $10,000 just for the pop top. You know, it's funny. I never wanted to buy it because it was $10,000 and Fiberline based out of California. I was always looking at them, but I was going to put a Fiberline top on my van. But when my engine went out, I stopped because that Fiberline top will still cost me just under or over um, $8,000. Yeah. And granted, I wanted a hard top just because I've been in one of those pop tops before Mm -hmm. and in like really windy conditions that are a little loud. Um, Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, man. It's just, I mean, it's like, you might as well just be in the movie Master and Commander. Just like, (laughs) listen, I was chasing whales, but um, I didn't do it. And then now my van, when I bought my van, it had a hundred and I want to say it had a I want to say 172, oh, 170,000 miles on it. If you were to guess how many, how many miles do you think it has on it right now? Every time I tell everybody, they're so impressed and I'm like, so proud of 300,000 more. Oh my God. 400 more five. Just under. Oh my God. 498,000 miles. And it's still, 498, 270,000. And you haven't replaced the engine or anything. And everything <laughs> is original. The only thing that are new is tire shocks and suspension system. Other than that, original transmission, original engine, original. I babied wow. that thing. <laughs> I treated that thing better than I treat my own body. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it finally died on me. And, you know, granted, I can, it's a, you know, it's a 40 Conline E250. I can put yeah. a brand new engine in it. I just, at this point, it's like, I don't know. Every mechanic I've talked to, they're like, with that many miles, you should just go ahead and put a new engine in it. I could see that. And yeah. a transmission. Yeah. Because you're, like, you're already under there. You're right. going to replace the water pump. You're going to do all the things. You might as well just do it all. But then I still don't have a van I can stand up in. And yeah. so like, it takes that 2600 tag all the way up to forty six hundred dollars or maybe almost five thousand and then I still gotta spend eight grand and I'm like (laughs) I might as well just buy a brand new van. Right. But I that's already a high top. (laughs) Yeah. But then at the same time I'm also I'm like I already own this thing. Like I don't have car payments. I won't owe anything else. And it's like this big thing. I'm buying a new one. I plan on you and I have talked about this a billion times. But yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll have to make a visit next time you're in town to go see Galaxia. Yeah, definitely. I want to check it out. Yeah. It's got a, it's got a dead deer antlers in it right now. (laughs) It's what I used to ward off evil spirits. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's what, that's one thing that I would say is if people are looking to build a new van or build a van, I should say. Mileage matters and whether or not it's going to break down matters if you're going to live in that thing because you don't want to have to be dealing with it. Now, when you say live in it, is there a different version of living it? Because when I think of living it, I think of what I did in my van. I still had an apartment. Mm-hmm. I still live, but my van was my weekend warrior vehicle. Right. So that's why it lasted so long because I babied it. So, you know, I would be working a couple of weeks and then I would take Thursday to Monday off. And I would drive straight to Washington state. I would right. like haul and do the whole thing the, the whole, you know, if you break it up, it's like a four day drive mm-hmm. and I would do the whole thing and I do it a straight shot, two, right. one and a half days, nonstop. Yeah. And I would go do my thing and I, but I would park and not move yeah. because I would bring bicycles. I'd bring other things to get around. Um, I definitely want a one wheel like you have now to get around. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of want a rugged. I think they're called rugged. They're like these little, uh, electric like dirt bike thingies. Haven't heard of that. I can't remember. I'm, it's probably not called a rugged. Someone correct me on the internet, but, um, the internet will shame me for this anyway, <laughs> but whatever. Um, but I definitely, that was how I made that thing last. So when I want to, 
the question I want to ask you is when you say live in it full, full time, are you talking about like the typical really like I don't live anywhere else. I have no apartment. I have no girlfriend that has boy, girlfriend, boyfriend that has a place for me to live. Like this is my full time home. Are you talking like partial living in it? I mean, it could be either way, but I mean, when I think of living it, I mean, like I live in it full time, mm-hmm. nowhere else to go. Nothing else. Nobody else is letting me stay at their in front of their house or anything like that when, cause I'm, I'm like 100% self-sufficient in that thing. Yeah. Which I'm super impressed by. <laughs> so, so to me, that's what living it means to me, but I mean, it may mean something different to somebody else. So that's fair. if you're a weekend warrior, I mean, and you're living in it on the weekends, I mean, you're living in it. That's you know fair. what I mean? So, um, huh. Okay. So like kind of going back to the whole, like building it out here, cause I'm imagining, I'm trying to put my mind in the mind of the people listening to this right now. And everyone's just like, Oh now maybe I should build a band. Maybe <laughs> I should do this, you know? And I've always said this to people, whether you're living in a van, a car or anything else and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to, dis- especially if you have a significant other or, you know, you're going to be bringing people. It, the thing I always tell people, I'm like, it does not, no one else matters, but you. You have to decide like what you can and can not live without. Right. And for me, it was the big, 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 big thing for me is like, I cannot live without some form of power. And that was me because I wanted to be able to charge my laptop. I wanted to be able to like read a book at night. I wanted, yeah. to, and I didn't want to just have to wear a headlight. Like right. I didn't want that. I and wanted I, actual yeah. lighting. And I know for everything is different. That's why I brought up your refrigerator. You like once you had, cause once you had your fridge, you're like, okay, this is real. Yeah. And so obviously power is a part of that. Right. But, um, is, would you say the same or is there a step before that, that someone has to consider? <laughs> I think nowadays power is definitely probably the number one thing that people need, especially since people are relying on their phones. Could we say that's a given then? Yeah, it's pretty much a given. So then outside of the givens, like, is there anything else that people should, it doesn't have to be so much of a thing, but think about, like, is there a concept to think about? Mm. Uh, I mean, you gotta, you really gotta think about how you're going to do your daily hygiene kind of stuff. Oh, um, I mean, I have a sink in there so I can brush my teeth in there and not have to like go into my place of work and start brushing my teeth all over the place. And I'm sure that people wouldn't appreciate that, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, like you have to have a place that you have to ha- have stuff in your space that makes it feel more like home and you're not completely, you know, straying from normal life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think a sink is definitely one of those big things that most people want and have to have in their van. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like that's like brushing your teeth, making or washing your face, that kind of stuff is like kind of a basic thing that people, I mean, some people don't give a crap about hygiene. Let's just be honest. That's true. (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, no, not hating on you, boo boo. I just, I just need to need you to. I need to hit you with some Febreze. When you walk <laughs> up. So, uh, but okay. So, all in all, so I think we can agree. Then, all in all, is like you have to decide what's important to you. Yeah. Most importantly, because. You but know, you know, sometimes people don't know 
what is important to them until they're actually living the van life. Is there a way for you, is there a way or a process or a something, a way for people, like a thought experiment that you can think of like for people to kind I would of say, like figure that out ahead of time? Yeah. So like when I was thinking about building the van, I'm like, okay, so what is my daily routine? I wake up, I brush my teeth, I take a shower, I go to work, I come back and a lot of times I'm just sitting on my couch. Yeah, I have my computer, I have my Netflix, I have my kitchen. What all do I need in my van to continue the same lifestyle? So like for me, it was like my music. I have to have my music studio. Uh-huh. I have to have my recording stuff. I forgot about that. Yeah. I and I was like, that. what are all the things that I actually use in my apartment on an everyday, every day-to-day basis? How long did it take you to formulate that list? It honestly didn't take me very long. I literally sat on my couch and I was like, okay, so I don't need this extra space between here in the bathroom or between the couch and my bed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. need all this extra space. Like I can do all of this in a smaller space and I can put everything that I do every day into this smaller space. Okay. So really it's, it's how do you incorporate your lifestyle and your hobbies into your living, your small, much smaller living space. And that's what I had to figure out. And, uh, my recording studio is pretty much like my number one thing. Like I have to, I have to have that outlet for when I need it. Um, you know, I have a TV in there. I have my laptop, but I hardly ever open my laptop anymore. I hardly turn my TV on. I'm usually just on my phone. If I want to watch Netflix, I'll just be on my phone. Like, so it's like, it's funny you say that. So, um, I, uh, in my van, it, it fell off right now, but I had, uh, no, I took it off because it was falling off because I should have screwed it on, but I had screwed on a little block of wood mm-hmm. and I had put a very strong magnet in there. And you know how you can put those little metal things in the back of your phone as a magnet? Yeah. I would wear Bluetooth headphones or wired headphones and I would lay flat on my back and just look up at my phone in my head. So I didn't, cause my neck would always hurt looking right. so I could just lay flat. And I've decided whenever I build out a van, I want the TV seriously, that's like straight above my bed. So I can just lay flat on my back and watch. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I actually did. Uh, I put Velcro on my ceiling right above my bed <laughs> and I put Velcro on the back of my phone and I just Velcroed it to the ceiling. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so awesome. It, uh, uh, it didn't last very long because, you know, it was the middle of summer and Velcro no. FYI is not good in heat. Uh, that shit will fall off. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I want to pause for one quick second. Yeah. Okay. Have an idea? I guess one thing that I can say is that I, uh, I do live with my dog in my van. Um, and for some people I can see that's, uh, maybe not doable, but especially in Texas, um, but, uh, I am about to invest heavily in an air conditioning system in my van. I was up. Uh, so that actually kind of leads me to my next statement. How do you deal with summer? Uh, it's hot. Let's just put it that way. I mean, it's Texas, <laughs> boo-boo. We all know. I just got back from Del Rio and Del Rio, it is February <laughs> and it's like that we're dealing with the Arctic blast that's coming down and it is 76 degrees in Del Rio. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I don't know if it's it's a lot like being in a sauna. <laughs> um, and so you're trimming down during the summer. Probably. <laughs> it's probably a little bit healthier in my van, even though it's really hot. Oh, my God. You must go through, you, you've got to, like, burn through your water supply so much. Oh, uh, yeah. I definitely drink a lot more water. I try to keep one of those gallon jugs in my fridge just fully topped off. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even worry about keeping it in the fridge. I would just want room temperature water accessible. Like I would have just a seven gallon jug. Oh man. No, that having that cold water hit your throat. Like after you've been sitting in your hot ass van, it's a, it's a godsend. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I want to, I want to dive into your refrigerator because I've like secretly been like setting money aside Mm -hmm. for one of those things. Okay. Um, who makes your refrigerator? Just come, I'm obsessed with it. Okay. And so who makes it? What size is it? And why did you go with what you have? And are there other alternatives? Um, so I have a Dometic CFX 75 dual zone. So that gives you the ability to have two freezers, two refrigerators, or one of each. Um, and it is the second, to largest size refrigerator that Dometic makes. They have a 95, don't they? Yeah, they have a 95. I went with the 75 because no other size was going to fit with my setup to where my seat height on my bench was at like a normal height. So I I had to specifically go with that one and I actually had to change my layout once I got it because I didn't realize how big it was. (laughs) But, um, But yeah, I mean, I love that thing. I, um... I haven't been using it as much lately. I mean, I keep stuff in there. Why? So when COVID happened, it was like going to the grocery store was like going to a ghost town. There was no food. You couldn't buy anything. Not only that, I didn't want to get COVID. So like I was just, I was just eating out. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I, I need to get back into that rhythm of cooking every day because I was cooking every day before COVID. So if we can kind of like segue into cooking, because now I'm going to start picking your brain for, I'm going to go ahead and tell my audience right now, I'm going to be real selfish. So I hope, (laughs) I hope all the questions I'm about to ask are something that you want to know. And if it isn't, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, But I, so you, as we've talked about this, I want to buy a new van and I want to build it out. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, my biggest thing is my power constraints is the biggest thing I've been worried about because yeah. I want to ensure my long-term living. Right. And so what I have decided is there are four key components that I need in order to live. Mm-hmm. Refrigerator, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to do the same one you have. The 95 liter just seems ridiculously too big. <laughs> Like I'm not feeding a family of seven. Right. (laughs) You know, and I know in a van, you're like family of seven. You haven't seen that thing. I've seen it in real life. It's massive. (laughs) You could like, you know, go Jeffrey Dahmer and chop someone up and keep it in there. (laughs) Um, I know it's a little dark, but moving on, Um, you know, and so, and then I want to be able to run an Instapot Mm -hmm. and I want to be able to run the Ninja convection oven, the Ninja convection oven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have one here. I'll show it to you. And, um, it, but the problem is, is the Ninja convection oven, it's going to be like 1800 Watts on the dot. Yep. It is an 1800 <laughs> watt draw. The, the Instapot's a little less. 
Uh, and then I, and so those are the big three items. And then the other one is my uh, production studio. Mm-hmm. I want to, and I think I can get in. I think you can do all that. Yeah. Let, low, low draw, draw monitors. I want to, I want to build in a Mac mini. I want it built into the, into the van. Okay. Um, and then two drop down monitors. I want my monitors to be attached to the shelving, but they drop down. So they pull away mm-hmm. and I can like cover them. So I want to be able to like cover them or put something over them or at least hide them. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about backsplash when I'm cooking. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, because the reason why I want the convection oven in the Instapot is I want to be able to still meal prep. Right. And so like I, in, for those of you who have used the air fryer slash convection oven by Ninja, you know what I mean. Yeah. You can bake a turkey in record time. Like, <laughs> like, kid you not. Like, I made biscuits in like seven minutes. <laughs> I mean, it blew my mind. Yeah. And I was just like, I, I can't live without this. Because, you know, a normal oven, that, that thing's got to preheat for 20 minutes. Right. And... And by the time it's preheated, all your electricity is going to be gone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then you got to, and so the only way around that is to get a gas one. And I just, I really don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I want a gas cooking stove, but I don't want anything else. But I think if I can figure out how to put in those two items. Yeah. I'll still have a gas stove, but the only thing I'll use that for is to fry eggs. Right. And so those are the big power concerns that I have. And I want to be able to plug it into a grid and it's still the key thing is I want to be able to plug it into a friend's home and the house charges the whole system or runs off of it. Preferably it does it simultaneously and automatically switches, but I can manually switch it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, that's all going to be automatic. Yeah. And so, and then, uh, yeah. So I want to be able to plug into the grid for water and electricity. So is, is what I'm asking for, as bougie as I think I am being, is that realistic? And like, what would I be looking at as far as breaking the bank and electrical system? Um, okay. So yes, you can do those things. Like currently I run a rice cooker in my van, uh, a car one or a home, a home grade. It's a home one. Ooh, It's a little tiny one. I mean, it's for one person, Okay, but, um, now, <sighs> My my electrical system is probably not as robust as it could be to be running all those things, but um, I'm looking to upgrade. But I think you will be spending a pretty penny on your electrical system if you're wanting to do that. First of all, if you're hitting 1,800 watts, you're going to need a 3,000-watt inverter. Now, when I say 18—now, you are familiar with this device. Is it 1,800 watts consistent pull, or is it um, just like peak 1,800 watts? That's the one thing I can not find— on- Peak on max is going to be 1,800 watts. So how do you find that information when you're looking at appliances online? Because like it well, just said 1,800 watts, but I didn't, I didn't, it said, I didn't see peak right away, but like I couldn't figure out, I was like, I, cause when you read online about like build your van, do this, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You want to know what the consistent pool is of all this stuff. I'm like, well, how do you figure out what the consistent pool is just so you can low. So, right. Exactly. So, I mean, it's pretty much implied that the max amount of wattage that you see listed is going to be peak. So anything you see that says 1800 watts, that is the peak running it on high. So would a rule of thumb be cut that off, cut that down by one fourth? And that's what maybe, doing? yeah. I mean, depending on how much you're cooking and what you're cooking and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, they're just showing you 
what the maximum consumption would be out of that one. But there's no way to find out actually like what the consistent pool. Would well, be. because there is no, there's no real consistent pool because it's oh. going to be based on whatever settings you have it on. Oh, that makes sense. So if you have it on low, it's going to be different than if you have it on medium or have it on high. And plus you might be changing those while you're cooking. You might change it to medium. You might change it to low depending on what you're cooking. So, oh, okay. Boo -boo. So that's I did not realized. So yeah, that's why they're and, and I, I probably know this because I used to sell appliances. <laughs> oh, I forgot about your Ikea life. Can, so, we, can we sidetrack real fast sure. and talk about like you in a heavy metal band? <laughs> uh, yeah. So when I was in high school, I was in, um, I was in a, a metal band. I actually screamed for a, for a metal band. <laughs> so I, I, as one of the African American Hip hop. Oh, let's rap. not forget that I also used to rap. I, I know you do, boo boo. Listen, I know you're a slayer, straight killer. That 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 that's not my concern. But like, as one who did not grow up, like the heaviest I go is like Dio and maybe like Rammstein. Okay. Okay. Like I don't I, like I I don't. Are there words? Oh yeah, there's words. How do you distinguish them? You, you read the lyrics in the booklet. Then why do you go to listen? <laughs> I think it's more about the, uh, you know, the high emotions and you're screaming you know. <laughs> at me. Of course, there's high emotions. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just. Uh, I mean, I can get on. Uh, listen, I know it's hard to believe, but I can get on board with like five lead guitars. It was interesting. <laughs> I mean, do I think it's a little much? Yeah, but I, I mean, it's cool in its own right. Well, you know, when you're when you're young and you know an adolescent, you you know, you kind of get pissed off of the world and you just have to blare your screaming heavy metal music to, uh, there are adults to get through the day <laughs> that are still doing this screaming and 12 lead guitars. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right. <laughs> but you know what? As I've gotten older, like I've leaned a lot more towards instrumental stuff. That's fair. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of time, like I have to really be in the mood to listen to some heavy metal. And there are times where I'm still in that mood, but it's not consistently like there'll be times when something comes on my radio. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I got to turn this shit off. I usually, <laughs> I'm just not in the mood for this. I usually type in like angry heavy metal on Spotify. <laughs> like if I'm getting pissed on a boulder in the gym and I'm just like, I need something to just like distract me of all that. And then I'm always reminded of, I think it's. It's either American Beauty or this movie with American uh, Beauty. Yeah, American Beauty is a great movie. Um, or uh, what is his name? Oh, the guy who played um, Green Lantern. Um, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. He also played. I can't remember the name of this movie. A great movie. One of the best movies I've ever seen him in. But he plays. And someone will know this. Um, and yeah. I, I, all my friends who know I'm a cinephile, I know I'm just being like super sacrilegious, not being able to quote this. So I'm super <laughs> sorry. Uh, not really, but, um, it's a scene where he plays like this banker or accountant and he basically fixes people's books hmm. and he's autistic. And his dad was like this military guy and beat the shit out of him, but he's on the spectrum and he's a super high functioning, but he understands numbers, blah, blah, blah. But there's a scene where like he takes this wooden rod and he just rubs his shins to the point where they're raw and causing pain and he blares this heavy metal music to like drown out the pain huh. and it's like when I get on like super super uncomfortable painful feet 
in the gym because I can grab onto like holds <laughs> with my fingers. Like yeah. those don't bother. Like credit cards, super sharp holds. I mean, I love climbing on sharp, nasty limestone. And yeah. anyone who climbs on limestone knows what I mean. You've been to Last Chance. With oh us. yeah, yeah. So like you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is terrible. I, had to, I didn't go to Last Chance, but I have been to you know. Uh, what Rymer's Ranch has limestone as well. Oh yeah, you've been to Rogers too. Rogers. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Like that pain. That pain is real. Mm-hmm. On my fingers, great, but on my toes, I have a hard time yeah. bearing with it. And like in the gym, sometimes like when I got to get on painful slab, and I know I'm gonna just like cheese grade slash bust my shin <laughs> slash headbutt the wall. I'm just like. <gasps> <laughs> So that's, I'm so sorry for everyone. I did that. <laughs> that, that. Also, I probably did a really terrible job in screamer music. I'll be honest, like listening to metal music, like while I'm working out is pretty motivating. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I, I'm, I'm really weird. I listen to like sappy R and B or, really? <laughs> yeah, or I'm not going to lie. I listen to like Katy Perry or Taylor Swift sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I change it up a little bit, but you know, I, when I'm, when I'm like really deep into my workout gains like some heavy metal music keeps me going <laughs> for sure all right let's get back to the reality here but um <laughs> back to vans because that's why we're here well we're here because you're awesome that's really what we're doing <laughs> but um okay so my power consumptions are that so like pretty penny you said like ballpark am i talking like five grand uh you could probably do it for five grand I think you Prob- could get it. I think you could get it done. No, when you say probably, I mean what I just heard in my head. I think head, you could get more spectrum. I think you could get m- more than you need because I want more than I mean. Now you know it's hard to say because I thought you always want more power than you're going to draw. Like I, everywhere I read that says if you're going to be pulling two thousand watts, you need to make sure you have three thousand watts available. Um, I mean, is that not a thing? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to thank our sponsors, Kaya Climbing, the Kaya Climbing app. It is a great app to get all the beta and all the stoke you need for your climbs, but it has one fundamental feature that allows you to become the best climber you can possibly be. You can track and see all your past climbs. You upload your videos. You can be that person keeping it on your phone. No bueno. But upload all your videos, have a history, watch yourself get better. You are the best coach you have. And unless you can teleport and see yourself and control time like Dr. Strange, it ain't going to help you. So download Kaya today and do the best thing you can do for your own personal climbing. All right, let's get back to it. It, So when I live in my van, I'm very conservative with my power. Like... I know when it's time to be charging and when I should stop and when I should turn off electrical equipment in the van when um, when I can see how much solar I'm pulling in, that kind of thing. But I mean, with lithium, get, it's starting to get cheaper. Um, and I think that's going to be your biggest cost is your batteries. Yeah. I think that's, I think most people who are looking at vans realize that right away. And you just like, I've already decided like you have to fork out the money for your, I think that's one of the most important things is like having a good electrical system. Um, cause like if you go cheap, you're going to just replace the things that you put in there like, 
eventually. Um, mm-hmm. And you can make your system as robust and ex- as inexpensive as you want. Like there's so many components you can add to it that may or may not be necessary for what you're doing. But, you know, like, you know, there's this brand Victron and they're one of the the leaders in coming out with the, the you know, the biggest like the biggest high tech stuff that's out there. Okay. And uh, already just because of the name, you're spending more for their products, but you know, they throw in these battery protects and the BMS system, which is your battery management system, which you need if you have a lithium bank. Um, So when you add components, I mean, you can, you can make it really expensive or you can be bare bones with it too. Okay. Depending, depending on, your knowledge base because like um so like with my system like i don't have a bms or anything to monitor my battery state i do have a voltmeter so i know how to read a voltmeter um and when you know how to read a voltmeter you know how much power you have left sort of (laughs) and i say sort of because when things are on in the van you can watch your voltmeter drop like when my Uh, when my compressor and my refrigerator goes on i know it's going to drop by 0.2 or if i if i plug my phone in i know it's going to drop by like 0.1 if i turn my fans on it's going to drop by however much you know what i mean so so if you're running everything in your van you're going to see a significant pull on your on your voltmeter okay that makes a lot of sense okay so Okay, so moving on from electricity, let's talk sleeping arrangements here. Mm-hmm. So um, I have just under a queen size bed in my band right now. Mm-hmm. Works really great for me. Um, I have seen a lot of bare bones sleeping arrangements as far as like hammocks uh-huh. to actual beds to retractable beds that go up and down. Mm-hmm. to motorize ones of those and manual cranks of those and then fold away, put away beds. Like in your opinion to maximize storage or maximize that, or is it really just depend on the person? Like what is the best bang for buck for bed system? Is it the, one of the ones that like you can collapse and turn into like my opinion, chairs, seating area? What my opinion is a, a fixed bed. <laughs> Why? Because you have the maximum amount of storage underneath your bed. Now for me, it's different because I have, I store all my tools under my bed. So I have a table saw in there. I've got a miter saw. I've got every, I can build a van out of my van. So I need all that extra storage. Now say I did like a dinette set up in the back. I'm not going to have quite as much storage or if I just had like a little gaucho where it's like a couch that folds out into a bed, okay, I'm not going to have that hidden away storage that you would have with a fixed bed. So I think it depends on the person's profession or what they're It could, doing. yeah. And like if you're throwing bikes in there and stuff, a lot of people, you know, they want to be able to adjust their bed for a bike in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not one of those people. That's why I have a one wheel (laughs) so I can just jump out of the van and go. But, um, yeah, I mean, it really depends on your lifestyle, what you need in there. Like people like to carry their surfboards and stuff. I mean, things like that. I imagine people to throw that shit on the back or the top. You would think. Yeah. But like, I see a lot of people, like people who surf, they'll, they'll put it inside the van on their ceiling. Yeah. And it'll just kind of set up. That's kind of cool. But I'm always afraid I'd whack my head on it. Yeah. For sure. And, but I mean, you put it on your roof and like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of roof racks. 
I also I also like to go through drive throughs <laughs> so uh, I really like Whataburger. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, we are in Texas. <laughs> Home of the honey chip butter chicken biscuit. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not a big... Plus, like, I mean, if you already have a big van, I mean, I've seen a lot of roof racks empty. I don't see a lot of stuff on them. <laughs> well, I mean, because you're only really, in my opinion, a roof rack is supposed to be there when you need it. You're not right. supposed to be utilizing it all the time because one, you're, let's just be honest, your fuel mileage is sucks in a van. So we all know that, you, can. you know, but like when you put stuff up there, it goes even worse. Yeah. Because you're, you know, you're not as aerodynamic when so, you're driving. So that makes it because yeah, because I, I want a roof rack, but I, the main reason why I want a roof rack is because I want to be able to like have a setup where I can just lay up there and hang out and read a book. Yeah. And you know, that is, uh, that is something that would be really cool to have, like have a little deck up there mm-hmm. and then, but you know, you also have to keep in mind solar. Like if you, if you have solar up there, you're going to have to put that on top of that rack. So that's going to eat up a lot of your space. Oh, you can't put it underneath? No. How's it going to, how's it going to pull well, I mean, it's not like it's a solid thing. It, well, it has grids, but I guess that. But really, it has to have it has to have the sun directly beaming on it for in it order can't for it have to, so no shades, no nothing. Right. In fact, you know, there's different ways to hook up your solar panels, um, series or parallel. So if you're in series and you get a little bit of shade on just part of one of your panels, all your panels are going out. Oh. So if you hook it up in parallel, each individual cell is going to be able to pull in sunlight. So whether part of it is covered by leaves or whatever, or a tree, you can still pull in something. You Which know one I mean? is more efficient for powering your system? The more efficient way, it's, it depends on how many solar panels you have. So let's say I have three. If you have three solar panels... Personally, I'd probably put it in parallel, but uh, series parallel is the way to go. So I would only do that if you had three or more. Mm. So you would have, say you have four panels. You have two hooked up in series and another two hooked up in series, and then that goes in parallel. That's going to be the most efficient way. So if you are under shade or anything, something lands on your roof, covers part of your panel, you're still able to pull from your other two panels on the roof that, that makes, makes a lot of sense okay so series are parallel all right mm. that's a that's a very in-depth discussion <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna lie you lost me and, <laughs> and i probably lost most people <laughs> yeah no, that's like real deep yeah man like we can talk about quantum physics later um okay so let's move on to the kitchen so we already discussed like everyone wants a sink that's it um i I'm assuming that everybody wants a deep sink, not just like this little bowl thing. Like everybody wants like a deep sink. You'd think. (laughs) That's what I prefer. (laughs) But why wouldn't they? I mean, you got to do dishes. You got to do stuff if you want to wash things. And then also, and also um, the water system Mm -hmm. does do you, would you recommend a electric water pump or a manual pump? I would recommend electrical electric water pump. Why? It's because it's more like being in a house, like, and it's what you're going to be used to. However, okay. you can still conserve water um, if you just barely tap the uh, 
the faucet open, I mean, it'll pump very slow and give you a little trickle bit of water. Okay. But, but with the whole pump thing, I, I mean, like the the manual pump thing, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel feel natural to me. I mean. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm into that. So then what do you do with your gray matter? Or I've heard some people just let it run right out of the car or are you, that's, I'm assuming that's not kosher. And um, I mean. Yes and no. I mean, so with I mean, gray dish, water, it's different. You soap in there. So it's like, it's not, you know, it's not like everybody uses Dawn. Right. And, you know, if you are living in a van, you should be using biodegradable stuff so that when you do have to dump it, you're not destroying the environment. Can we jump into that actually real quick? So what are some like big no-no's? For people living who are moving into the van, like don't buy Dawn. You should be buying biodegradable. This, like, what are things that you think, like, after living in a van, are like you should not do or not you should be doing. Do not leave your trash anywhere but in your van or in a trash can. I, I mean, there has been places where people, there's been climbing gyms, like even in Colorado, where you know. You go in and be like, hey, what's the van life policy here? Can I park here overnight? Oh, no, we had somebody leave trash out in the parking lot, so we don't allow it anymore. Really? So, yeah. Like a trash bag? Yeah. So, you know, that kills it for everybody else who is living this whole kind of lifestyle. That doesn't even seem like a thing. Like, who? Like, exactly. Really? You would be surprised. People... Like, I mean, but goddamn, like leave no trace. Like, it, it, well, it, and that's does the it thing. not transfer? I mean, some people don't follow those rules. <laughs> well, fuck all y'all. Right. I mean, and if you listen to my podcast, you can unlisten right now. <laughs> don't join my sticker club. Don't be my, well, I'll be your friend, but I'm gonna call you an asshole. But fuck all y'all. But um, when it comes to uh, gray water and stuff, um, you can dump it in a flower bed as long as you're using biodegradable stuff it's actually good for plants to eat that stuff up because there are enzymes and stuff that um help the plants grow um a lot of people don't know that or it 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 can still be frowned upon don't dump your gray water around people you know kind of be discreet about it because you, okay, you so know it can, is can we define what gray water is because i just realized yes. once you said that and you're like some is biodegradable i don't know what gray water is and i think gray water is typically going to be your dirty dishwater that comes out of your sink so it's not going to be poopy water or any of that it's going to be black water poopy water all that stuff that's black water i feel, and, I feel slightly <laughs> infringed upon because they call it black water why they, why, why can't they just call it i don't water? know <laughs> i mean come on my because brother. it's probably black oh. <laughs> when it comes out <laughs> oh <my>. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm over it I'm and over. honestly if you look at gray water it actually is gray when it comes out oh, that's so disgusting. so it actually does make sense why they would call it that <laughs> okay fine 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 <laughs> long as they don't call it brown <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> but uh, you won't see you usually don't see a black water tank on a van it's not very common plus well, plus that's disgusting in the ass. <laughs> yeah and that's disgusting yeah okay you, nobody wants to clean up their own shit so moving on to <laughs> before we move on though um is there any other things that's like a no-no so like don't leave you like manage your trash like yeah pack it in pack it out okay and then i will say another thing Let's talk about that climbing drip, playboys and playgirls. All of you are so unique and so special. So why not show it? How many times have you gone out 
that same Mad Rock Pad, that same Metolius, which are great companies. My favorite thing about organic is how you can customize all your gear and you can have something that is unique to you. And you know what gear belongs to you, which is important. So go check them out. Organicclimbing.com. And when you check out, type in Sins and Suffers podcast to support this podcast. And this comes from probably being in a lot of the van life groups on Facebook and stuff. People don't like it when you just pull up right next to them and say, this is your home for the night because people do like their space, especially now with social distancing and everything. I I don't, I don't. So say you see another van that's parked in a parking lot and you're going to go stay there for the night too. Well, don't pull up right next to them. Let them have them, let them have their privacy. Don't, you know, just be respectful, I guess. So what is too close? Because I have definitely seen another van and my thing rule of thumb has always been, I want to be three rows over. Yeah. But I want to be in line of sight. So meaning like if I poke my head out into the cockpit, if they're gone or if I hear a commotion and they're parking and they're lighted up and moving out, I want to know that I'm like, okay, right. up, 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 it's time to go. No, that's totally acceptable. But like, you know, say, say you have an open parking lot you see this person parked there. Don't park in the spot right next to them and you'd be all up in their space. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I guess people just don't think about it. Like you're in your van, you have your own privacy. You do. But it's not the same. It's like, there's, it's like, you know, your van is an extension of you. And so let's, can we just go ahead and say a rule of thumb is three part. This is probably excessive, but I'd rather be excessive than minimalist, a minimum in this. Um, three parking spaces, a diameter would be a six, an acceptable range, like three parking spaces away in any direction would be acceptable. Yeah. And then, you know, it depends on the situation too, but like, and it's another, and it's another thing. If like, you like end up talking to that person and, you know, hitting it off and becoming friends. That's a whole, you know, a whole nother thing. But, you know, if it's, you know, an area you don't know or, you know, you're traveling, just, just don't, just don't park right next to that person. Okay, cool. Anything else? Um, I mean, let them have it. I mean, really the bit, the biggest thing is leaving no trace and like, don't, don't hang out in areas and just like have your doors wide open, cooking outside, like pulling up to a Walmart parking lot, taking all your stuff out and cooking in the parking lot. That's just not cool. It's, it's disrespectful. It's keep, keep, basically you got to keep it low key. So you're talking about in an urban setting. So in an urban setting, because that's, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm really what we're talking about is like, you need to understand camp mode right back country versus front country right exactly <laughs> so that's what we and we learned that in wolfers like front country medicine is very different from back country medicine mm-hmm. because when i was doing my wolfers there was a guy who was a doctor and a paramedic in there and they were like you would never do this you would never do this they would always say in the middle of the class you would never do this <laughs> and our instructor would be like how close is the closest hospital and they would be like what and they would get super quiet. <laughs> They'd be like, so what we do in the back country is very different than what we do in the front country. Right, exactly. And so I think that's the concept that we really have to remember. Front country in that urban jungle and then 
wild, wild west, mm-hmm. you know? And, but. you know, I think a lot of people don't realize how big van life is and how common it actually is. When you, when you're actually living the van life, you know, you oh, yeah. notice it everywhere. Oh, I do. And I, it's a subculture that is not talked about. And I feel like it's a lot of people don't know about it. Like it's a, it's actually a very large subculture of the United States. And I think people don't realize that. Uh, yeah. No, I want to get back into it. Like that's kind of my goal and my hope and my dream to eventually get back into it because I notice it even here in Dallas. Like I can drive around and I'll see in neighborhoods Oh yeah, uh, that I'm like, Oh yeah, they're van lifing it for the night. Yeah. Like they're just like, you know, and I'll look at the van and I'll look at it. I'll look at the license plates. I'll look at the rig around. I'll kind of slow down and drive it. I'm like, Oh, they're just passing through. Right. And then, but, uh, or if it's different, you can kind of tell like, I'm like, um, I'm like, okay, they might be a regular. Right. And like, it's even then like, and so I'll go ahead and say this and I don't know if this is still true, but like, I don't share my van locations. Like there are certain spots in Dallas and Fort Worth and Arlington and Irving Mm -hmm. that I know I can camp at least like van life overnight for two nights in a row max. Right. But preferably 24 hours that I know that I can park up in. I won't be bothered. I won't have anything. Some require earplugs and a face mask because of the amount of light and everything, light pollution and sound. Right. You know, but I don't share those locations with people. I don't. And yeah. like, those are like pretty hidden secrets for me. And if you know them, great. <laughs> like if I see you there, it's kind of like this, like we see each other and it's like this unspoken sly eye, like, right. Okay. I see you. Cool. Cool. And then if we're in the gym, like, and we see each other if we're both climbers, like it's like, you never talk about it. And there's a couple <laughs> spaces when I was living in my van full time, I used to live in a Ford Aerostar full time. Okay. And, um, there were a couple people that I saw in much nicer vans than me, but like they saw my van and they were like, your van, like one guy was like, well, your van is so shitty. It was easy <laughs> to spot. So he's like, I knew it was you. So I figured it was a cool spot to be. And I was like, mm, okay. And I was like, yeah, don't tell anybody. Oh, well, I, you know, I will say the more dirt bag your van is, the more you stand out. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was a Ford Aerostar bright red. It was called the red rocket. Not by choice. It was, it was given that name. Thank you. Kenzie Davis. Oh my God. Um, Um, but, uh, yeah. So that's like the other thing that I would say, like, you don't share, you don't share your parking secrets and, and, or anything else that. And I think the most efficient thing to do from being a, a, you know, a former van lifer, Mm -hmm. not a retiree, just out of, out of the game right now, um, is find a friend or find someone that will allow you to rent their driveway. Like I cannot tell you how many friends let me rent their driveway for like a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Well, there's actually, there's a, uh, there's apps that, um, people will, um, lend out their driveways to van lifers. I forget I what the, that. I forget what the app is called. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up, but there, there's a bunch of different apps that, um, that people actually, it's like a, what are the the couch surfer yeah like it's like it, couch surfer for van life that yeah. actually does exist okay cool yeah so i used to rent a friend's driveway out for 100 bucks a month and he was like yeah 100 bucks a month and walk my dog every day and i walked his dog and i started running with his dog and then he got pissed because his dog got pissed because he wouldn't go as far as i would because i would go <laughs> like pull out like you know you know small barely 
like three miles, four miles with his dog walk slash run. And he, his dog just got like super fit and he was still out of shape, <laughs> but you know, boo boo, you, you can keep up, you know who you are, but, uh, you know, that was a thing. And so I did that for a very, very, very long time and just rented the driveway and had my own space. And yeah, you know, that was, it was very efficient and it was very good. And, and I, I liked it a lot. The only thing is, is you definitely got to find someone who has a level driveway. Yeah. Ugh. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. Like I, people will offer me a place to stay or like, Hey, you can stay in my bed. Like I have a, I have an extra bedroom you can stay in. No, And I'm like, and I'm always like the person who's like, mm, you know, I'm just going to stay in my van. Cause like I, to me, it's like accepting a handout and I'm just like not into that. I don't, it's, I don't know what it is, but like, and, and it's like, Hey, you can use my shower. You can, you, now I will take some, uh, you know, free laundry doings for, you oh, know, take a for sure. For sure, and I'll, you know, I'll, I will take a shower from from time to time. But a lot of the times, like I just like, I don't want to be that moocher <laughs> who's you know, like living in his van. That. It's so funny you say that because I would never consider uh, a shower and laundry a moocher. Now the bed thing, I don't consider it mooching. Yeah. I consider it, it's just like it's not your setup. It's right. Like, it's a prime example. Okay, everyone listening to this right now will understand the statement I'm about to say. It's like asking someone to pack up your entire campsite. <laughs> like, no. No, yeah, for sure. No. Like, do not touch my tent. Do not touch my kitchen. Do not touch. Like, you don't know where it goes. It's like, you know, I already have all my stuff in my van. So. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I've had someone pack up my kitchen before, my kitchen, my camp kitchen. And it was, I literally just spent. Like I, I didn't have the heart and soul to tell them that I was like, you just ruined this whole thing. And I just like, I just put it in the car. I drove back to Dallas. I was like, Hey, great, great. Cool, cool, cool. Let them go. And then I went back home and I like ripped the whole thing apart and repacked it. And I was so angry that like, I just let that happen. But like, like you, you just get in the way. Right. And it's like, I don't think it's an issue of like mooching. I think it's an issue of like, you have a ritual, you have a routine, right. you have things set up and this just makes it easy. And you know, it's not that I, you know, that I wouldn't take a free parking space. Like if I'm traveling, because I've definitely mm -hmm. stayed in front of friends houses. Um, but you know, like, I don't want to be, it does. I don't want it to be like a regular thing where I'm like, depending on your driveway and like mm -hmm. depending on somebody else. Cause like, I like to be self-sufficient. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. It's independence. Okay. So then let's move on to entertainment. Yeah. So you have your, um, music state music studio. Yes. I want to eventually have my production studio, which is not really entertainment. It's more work, but it's I entertainment. Really, I mean, podcasts is, are entertainment. Yeah. Well, we're doing that now. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, um, how, I guess, I guess that's really to each his own. Like some people just need their phone or would you encourage people to kind of go all out on entertainment or would you encourage people to go all out on other areas? Like we understand you have to go all out on electrical. You have to go all out on your sink and, and different things that like just, just the givens. I would say if it's, if, if your livelihood depends on it, then I would go all in. Okay. It just depends. It depends on what you do. You know, okay. that makes sense. That makes sense. And then, uh, I guess the cockpit which is virtually another room. It's the only it can other be, yeah. room. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, in my opinion, it's the only other room because it's the only thing that you literally close off unless you want to light bleed and you want to be woken up by every car that's passing by. Right. Like it's this me, me personally. So like I have a blackout curtain where, you know, sometimes I have, I have the window blocks to like block out the windows in the front of the van. Yeah. So but I never did that. See, I always had a right. blackout curtain because I didn't want people exactly. to assume that someone is in there. I exactly. never blocked that out. So, and that's, and I, I, I rarely use my blockout um, window shrouds or whatever, because it's a dead giveaway that somebody's sleeping in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so with my blackout curtain, it looks like it's just an empty van. So and then my van already looks like it's pretty stealth. So it's like nobody really knows anybody's in there. So it's funny you say that. So what I do is I use my uh, window shades during the day, mm-hmm. but I don't use them at night. I just use I the d- blackout curtain yeah. because I want to, I want to protect the console and the dash right. as much as possible. I do do, I do use mine in the summer. Yeah, you have um, to. It's just so hot. And and not only that, it keeps all that heat out of the van. So, like, when I get in the van, it's not nearly as hot. So, yeah. And and then, you know, I do have a swivel seat in the front. So Oh, the passenger? Yeah. So, whenever I'm... Whenever I am parked up for a little bit, you know, I will swivel my seat around and I'll block out the windows just just to make it feel like there's more space, which so, it does give you more space, really. So I saw the coolest thing a couple of years back. This guy had his swivel seat in the passenger, but it was also retractable. So you could swivel the seat around. <laughs> so it was like a lazy boy? Well, kind of. <laughs> so when I mean retractable, so imagine, you know how your refrigerator pulls out on a track? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could literally swivel the seat around, pull it out on a track. So the blackout curtains went behind the passenger seat. I can do that too. And he pulled it out and I was just like, Oh, that's baller. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. And he said it was because when he pulled his blackout curtains, he didn't want to have to wrap it around that seat. Yeah. Obvious. Yeah. That's a good idea actually. So he, he got it set up and I, and then my next question, I was like, is this like driver friendly approved for like (laughs) seatbelts? And he was like, don't ask questions. You don't want to know the answer to. I was like, okay. Well, technically you should not be driving with your seat turned around. (laughs) We have to, we actually have to put warning signs in our sports mobiles whenever we build them. Cause, uh, Oh. you're not supposed to be sitting. You're supposed to be sitting forward <laughs> because you get in a wreck and that seat can move. Oh, uh, bad things can happen. <laughs> oh yeah. I did not know that. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, goddamn. Okay. So then, um, okay. So we've talked about beds. We talked about kitchens. We talked about electricity. We talked about entertainment. We talked about the cockpit. Um, actually, can we revisit the cockpit real quick? Yeah. So let's talk connectivity. Uh-huh. Like, uh, Gotta have a, Bluetooth. <laughs> amen, brother. Uh, what about Wi-Fi? Okay, that's a that's a great topic. <laughs> um, so I am still on the search for a wireless connectivity that is unlimited. Because right now, yes, I can tether my phone and have hotspot, but. Um, I need consistent high speed internet sometimes. So what about just like, so there's this thing, I think I've sent it to you like range finder and all this other stuff. Like you can pick up internet from two miles away. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably still going to suck, but so yeah, but like, like what, what about just, so we're talking urban stealth camping here. Uh huh. 
you know, what about just maybe parking two blocks away from a homie's house that you have the Wi-Fi connection to and right. you let them know that like, hey, I'm nearby, tap it in. Is there a setup where yes. you can just like, like, like I, I have just accepted that like having full-time connectivity without having, without paying for a massive hotspot from Verizon or some big company, mm-hmm. um, you just have to accept that you need a repeater system that is big enough that can go far enough where you can pick up like, you know, a friend's or some business or your job right. or whatever service. Yeah. So and go from there, there's, so, there's these devices called a WeBoost mm-hmm. and they will boost your cell signal that you're getting. And I believe they will also boost Wi-Fi signals. Wi-Fi so, signals coming towards you or Wi-Fi signals yes, going out? Yes, going towards you. So like now, but what if the Wi-Fi signal coming towards you is weak to begin with? It'll, 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 it'll strengthen it basically. So okay. it's, it's going to make it so that even though you can barely get it now, once you turn your WeBoost on, it should be able to um, magnify that signal. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. And so, okay. So we got WeBoost. Um, and then, and I'm sure there's other, other competitors on the market that do uh, the same kind of thing. Dude, but. That's a black hole. I've, I've looked <laughs> on Reddit and people say some weird stuff and people are like, you can build this and this. And if you know a little coding, if you know this and I'm like, uh, <laughs> anybody got time for that? No, <laughs> we're van lifers. No, I, I want to buy it and go baby. <laughs> okay, cool. So then now we have connectivity, uh, and then Bluetooth, but what about, um, smart connectivity? Like, so for example, Google just announced their partnership with Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw that coming. No, uh-uh. So Google announced their partnership with Ford that they're going to have a fully connectivity, full connectivity with Google products with Ford oh my God. by 2024. And then that's also, and then Apple, I think announced their partnership, not with Tesla, but the other company that's like, like that some other company. Uh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But they, in that part, that full partnership is supposed to be come out by 2023 or 2025. Huh. And so these are all these big things. And so let's talk in the world of connectivity, you know, like, is there a way for me to like, basically connect my phone, not just through Bluetooth, but my phone is like a part, like if I want to basically have Alexa right in my van, mm-hmm. is that possible? Yes. You're going to have to have one, a standalone hotspot. Um, so now does that hotspot have to be connected to the internet? Because from what I yes. understand, Alexa, okay. So that's yeah, you're going to have to have constant connectivity, so then which you can, you can, and you know, AT&T does have a, um, a way to have unlimited internet in your van. It's just really expensive. It's not cheap. Define expensive. Yeah. It's like, uh, like $150 a month. I mean, that's not bad if your van is paid. It's not off. like it. And if, and if you're dependent on it for work, that's not bad. And, and because you act, you need it. But, um, but for the average person who doesn't, you know, work from their van, that's is that like a, a system that you have to build into it. No, I think, um, no, it's going to be a device that you just plug in and, and go. Okay, cool. Okay, that's yeah. simple. Okay, and so that's the connectivity. And then, um, yeah, because I've secret, I, like, I hate Alexa. Well, I say, I, I don't say I hate Alexa. But, you know, that is convenient because you'd be like, hey, Alexa, what's the weather like today? Yeah. And, I mean, you know, you, like, I'm just vaguely creeped out about things listening to me in my car, <laughs> in my van. I mean, I know my phone does it right now. Yeah. And now Google's hiring an assassin to murder me, but it's okay. Um, but, 
Um, yeah, that's just something that, but I've been very curious about connectivity. Okay. So we talked about and, connectivity. And I think, you know, with all that, I think the next couple of years, um, it's going to become a lot easier to do all that, especially with, with all these deals that, uh, you know, Google and, and whatever that other company is. So I have to ask you a real question here. Yeah. The moment a self-driving van comes available, are you going to <laughs> ditch your van and buy that other one? So here's the thing about electric vehicles, because that would no, def- that's no, no, definitely no, no, going to no. be an electric vehicle. No, type it's thing. not. It's not. That's no? the thing with Ford. That's the thing with Ford. Like they're talking about having driver assistance, meaning mm-hmm. it will drive on the highway by itself and it's not electric. It's still gasoline. If I can add that to my van, I'm adding it to it because <laughs> I will go on road trips and hang out in the back of my van while my van is driving itself. That's technically not allowed. You're supposed to be in the passenger seat. So Ford, if you're listening to this podcast and you have an ADAP kit, you know, I will happily stay in my passenger seat and let my van drive me to where I need to yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're, we're available. We're helping you out. If you need some people to make it look good. But that's, you know? you know, that's another thing we should talk about though, is electric vehicles. You know, these electric vehicles don't have alternators, so you can't charge your battery system while you're driving. But can you not put one in? No, because it needs a combustible engine to to use the alternator. The alternator doesn't run on a combustible engine. The alternator has a belt on it that what what makes an alternator run. Right, but what's making that run <laughs> what's you, making that belt move is well the belt the, all you have to do is connect it to one of the direct drive motors that goes to the wheels if you if they can do that and put an alternator in there then i will i am all for getting an electric van if elon musk can shoot a goddamn car <laughs> into space they can figure it out <laughs> I mean, come That's on, boo boos. Come on, boo boos. <laughs> like, you need to figure this out. But I had, I have, as uh, I was arguing with somebody on on Facebook, and I was like, they were talking about how they were, they would hook their alternator to their battery, their electric vehicle battery to no, to give a them terrible un- idea. Well, yeah, they were saying to give them unlimited unlimited uh, range on their vehicle. And I was no, like, it doesn't, doesn't work, work that, that way. It doesn't work no, that not, way. Bad science. Like, <laughs> you, stop listening to Fox. Exactly. Like, wanna, some parts of Fox are good. Some parts of Fox are bad, but that's bad Fox. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Um, no, but that's like, that's fake science. Mm-hmm. That's, it doesn't work that way. That's, that's what I told him. That's what I told him. Yeah. No, I mean, so my thought has always been like, you know, you might be able to tether it to a direct drive. You might have to get, you know, there might be a, have to be a, a software patch to understand that one direct drive has a little bit more stress on it because it it has a um you know it has more tension based on it right you know for that but this is not unreasonable like this is not like this is a simple problem to fix and you know it just sounds expensive (laughs) no it's it's expensive on the engineering side it's probably not expensive on the doable side yeah you know especially if they're going to build out this whole van anyway you know i mean hell you can I mean, my Prius generates electricity by charges the batteries by slowing down by me initiating the brakes. Right. How can I not just tap into that? Right. Like, but it's, it's really trickle charging though. Yeah. It's trickle charging, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. 
you know, between solar and trickle charging. And if you're a van lifer anyway, a climber, a, water, a fly fisher, a kayaker, you're in the mountains anyway. So you're going to be riding them brakes anyway. Act like that's you're not true. going to. So that's definitely true. You know, it's, it's really is only a vis- issue if you're a van lifer in an urban environment, living in a stop and go situation. Like there's just not enough downhill. There's not enough situations where you would need to ride a brake and, you know, and right. those brakes are not like your traditional brake pads. Like, right. like the energy generating helps slow the car down. From my understanding, if someone else, if I am completely wrong and there's a mechanic out there, please correct me. But from what I understand, that's how it works. Now, I think that is how we could get that to work with an electric van. I'm with you. I'm a little skeptical of an electric fully electric van just because how far off the grid we like to go right now what i would be for is like having a gasoline tank that i could flip on manually or automatically when the battery system gets low enough right it just automatically flips on and that gasoline system then charges the battery yes because then you have a generator built in basically yeah to charge your to charge your car battery absolutely because my thought is it will take less gas to charge the system than it would take gas to run the system. Right. From my understanding. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Okay. So now we're talking connectivity, electricity. We've kind of talked about a little bit of back to the future and into the future. Um, okay. You know, now we just need to figure out how to put goddamn flex capacitor in there and then we're set. <laughs> um, but, um, time traveling van life. <laughs> Oh, that's a terrible that's, idea. That's the that's the that's, that's the ultimate. Move. No, dude, this Bad that will turn out so bad. I can just see it now. Could you just imagine a dirtbag getting out and Genghis Kong is around? He's like, bro, dude, I got some, dude, I got some Molly. You want to hang out? I know. I just like stereotyped everything. I'm so sorry. And episode 19 comes out uh, on Tuesday. For the record, I do not have a man bun. <laughs> oh my god but yeah tuesday's episode comes out because we're recording this on the 7th of february and um yeah and those are a bunch of van lifers and dirtbaggers and all of those are wonderful people oh yeah all great people but um okay so we i think we've kind of hit all the bases i think the last thing is is realistically i would say suspension and that's really depends on where you're going. If you're in an urban environment, like you don't need, in my opinion, you don't always need four wheel drive. No. Rear wheel drive will get you 90, 95% of the places you want to get. I, you, I prefer front wheel drive. Personally. Really? Well, I prefer front wheel drive because of snow and ice. Right. Conditions. Exactly. But, but then if it was rear wheel drive, if you're like traveling or anywhere, tow- towing is really where rear wheel drive is is really good. Uh, you know, I think if, if you're in a situation where you wish you had four wheel drive, all you need is a locking diff. Like if you can get a locking diff, yeah, diff, yeah, yeah, for sure. Diff, then you're like, you're done. Right. Yeah. Because like four wheel drive is unless you're rock crawling, like really you, you don't need it. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the, I, I, and even all wheel drive is nice. Like I wish, I wish my van had all wheel drive. I really, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, it's, it's a little bit better traction when you're in the snow and stuff, but 
And you know, yeah, a lot that, of the new only, transits are having, they have all wheel drive. But that's only if you're not like, but uh, I don't know. I grew up in the Northeast. So front wheel drive is easier to manage when you're fishtailing. All wheel yeah. drive, like if you start fishtailing, you're, you're screwed. You're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you're totally screwed. So like you want front wheel drive because it's easier to control to fishtail. But all wheel drive, I mean, you might as well just like put your seatbelt on and just pray to Jesus because you're done. Ooh, I could not imagine going downhill on Colorado mountains. <laughs> yeah, you want front wheel drive. Oh man. Yeah, you want front wheel drive because you want to be turn. You want to turn into the fish. It's like right. It's like drifting. Like people, you don't turn away from the drift. You turn into the drift. Right. That's how you make it work. Yeah. And then you know you just kind of like you know let it go. But um, but for the most part, like uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my thoughts on that. But we that's a whole other thing. But I think you just have to determine what kind of activities you're doing and that will determine your suspension. My suspension is pretty rugged just because I like to go to far unknown off beaten path places to yeah. rock climb. And, uh, they're usually a pain in the ass to get to. And I, I want to be like Ricky Bobby and drive fast <laughs> when I want to. And you know, I, I've seen people adding these sumo springs to their, to their vans. What is a sumo spring? Um, so my van Say like I'm pulling into a gas station or even like some kind of rocky terrain or whatever. Your van kind of wobbles back and forth. So the sumo springs help it to not do that as much. And it also helps when you're on the freeway so you don't get that the wind pushing you back and forth. Oh, it makes yeah. it a lot harder to control your vehicle. Um, okay, I get what you're talking So about. like it, sometimes I'll pull into, you know, wherever and it's. And it's kind of a rocky pull in and you're like kind of rocking back and forth. I'll have to, I'll have to like break fully break so that my van doesn't shake and like all my stuff flies everywhere. So I'm actually thinking about making that upgrade hmm. soon. Okay. Okay. Ballpark of that. I think they're 250 bucks. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Per, it's, rent, it's, per, per wheel. Uh, I think you can get two for two fifty. Oh, so you can get it on the back. It's I think it's more common on the so back. So we're talking like set seven fifty plus installation. Yeah, if you do all four. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they're not too hard to to install. You just. Okay. Uh, I'm into that. I'm into yeah. that. Okay, I'm bitching. Well, okay. All right, so we are uh, we are we've definitely gotten a little lengthy here. So, oh yeah, um, and I kind of want to bring this a little bit to a close. But <laughs> like this is, and this has been like the, the purpose of this podcast was really to be educational, and I really wanted to inspire people. If you're thinking about doing the van life, like this is just kind of like an un, you know unfiltered, real conversation of like the shit that goes on and the thoughts that go into it, and that. And I definitely want to do a never conversation of this, of like a little bit more in depth, but yeah, what absolutely. I would really love is for our, all of our listeners, if you have been considering the van life or the car life or any kind of build out or anything in your car, um, I'm going to make it available for you guys to just bombard me with questions on the gram. When this episode posts, we will have, um, a little, you know how Instagram stories do that thing where you can ask questions. Yeah. I'll also make it available and we will get together and we'll do another show, maybe a live show. We'll, we'll figure out those details, but, uh, we want to answer all your questions and know that we will most likely consolidate all them into the you know, what majority of the answers will be. And we'll do our best to get all those answers to you. And if we don't know the answers, we'll find them. And if we're not, we'll send you to the people who most likely have them. Absolutely. That's it. But, um, you know, um, before we get out of here, 
Uh, I've been recently asked to a couple questions and uh, to like kind of throw out a couple more questions to my guests. But are you a big reader? I should have asked you this earlier. I'm really big into audio pod or audio uh, audible. Nice. I nice. listen to a lot of books. I, I'm okay. not. A, I, I read the Internet. Yeah, <laughs> I don't read enough. books. <laughs> OK, so is there a book or anything that you have gifted or a book that you like read pretty regularly. Like I read the book called the sweet spot by Christine Carter every year. It's kind of something that helps ground me. Mm. Uh, is there a book that you've read recently or a book that you've recommended to other people that you would really just, just resonates with you. It doesn't have to do with anything or the conversation that we're talking about. Um, I would say not, not necessarily one particular book, but anything by Alan Watts will really open up your mind and make you think about life differently. Okay. I'm into that. Okay. Nice. That's rad. Okay. Alan Watts. And then, uh, do you want to give any shout outs to anybody? Say hello, uh, you know, uh, you know, mantra, anything, just kind of basically just, you know, say hi to the world or give, uh, give a home a shout. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your moment, man. Dude, the um, mic is hot. I mean, I want to thank everybody for supporting what I do and being interested in uh, in my growth and how I do it. I, if it wasn't for other people saying stuff, I probably wouldn't be building vans for a living. <laughs> and if and if you want to give me a follow on Instagram, my uh, my Instagram handle is tiny conversions. And I can answer any questions you might have about van life. Bitchin'. Well, Chaz, thank you for being my guest. And Thanks for having me. Drop that. Yeah. Feel the funk, y'all. Yeah. Feel the funk, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode and you are inspired to get your own van. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast. It definitely helps us out and join our sticker club, which is $5 a month. I'll send you a little thing. It's like buying me a beer and we can hang out, become besties, live in the best life. Once again, thank you so much. And remember, if you're not suffering, are you really sending at all? <laughs>